738 here on News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. Uh, the Department of Education in Florida released the school graduation rates for the state on Friday. And uh, they do not look good for Escambia County, an almost seven-point drop over three years from 2019 to 2022, which is what they say is the better comparison, an even larger drop during COVID, uh, whereas you did not see that same level of drop in Santa Rosa County, Okaloosa, Walton actually went up significantly or across the state. So I figured the right person to call to ask about this is our appointed superintendent, Dr. Tim Smith, who very graciously uh, agreed to come on, uh, even though he's been on the back end of a uh, vacation, which uh, we all need vacation. <laughs> Certainly, when you take it, if you're an educator, you take it right now. Uh, so thank you so much for b- being willing to join us. Superintendent Smith, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate the time this morning. Absolutely. So I look at these numbers, and I, it's horrifying. I mean, my first reaction is, holy cow. You know, we, we seem to be doing a little bit better every year, even though our numbers were never objectively great. And then all of a sudden, massive setback that I don't think can be laid at the feet of COVID because other counties and across the state didn't have it. Who should I blame? Well, there are some important dynamics at work in the 2019-2020 testing cycle. If you recall, we did not have tests that year. And uh, our graduation rate for that year went up from 84.8 to 86.5%. The following year, we uh, went from 86.5% to 87%. Uh, That was the 2020-21 year. Now, what took place in those two years, the 2019-2020 and the 2020-2021 year, is that the test scores for a high school graduation requirement were waived. So if a student had trouble passing Algebra 1 or the English 2 exam, that would not be a hindrance for them to graduate. This most recent cycle, the 2021-2022 year, it did. And so we and we had a significant drop. You are absolutely correct. Um, <clears throat> Where where we have to be uh, moving forward is making sure, one, that we're monitoring our students who are struggling with these tests, providing intervention, and then making sure we're having them retake the test as much and, and as frequently as possible. So if a student does not pass the English, uh, the sophomore English class, which is the grad requirement, what has to be done is we have to retest that student every opportunity we can and then also our ACT and SAT exams have to be given every opportunity as well because those can act as concordance scores and have the students get over the over the finish line with that required test. Uh, I, I think what when we look back we had a significant number of students who came back from masking and we had a significant number of students who did not, and they missed a lot of instruction. And uh, I, I don't think that's the cause in, in its entirety, but uh, certainly uh, that had an impact, that, that missed instruction for the better part of a year. And, and then those students, in essence, had 
not as many opportunities to retake those tests is kind of that the dynamic that emerged. Now, whether whether you know we can move forward or not, I, I those steps have to be in place for us to to move forward. Is is to and and we can do that. We can have that more frequent testing, those makeup tests given as often as possible for our students. So help me out here, because what what I hear you saying is something like this. Um, the, the, the graduation rates for the couple of years were artificially high, and now they're back to what they were based on the testing, but our solution to this is to give them more opportunities to pass the test. To my way of thinking, a test is just a measuring device and if we are having to emphasize passing the test so heavily that's evidence that the students don't have the underlying education that the test is supposed to measure i don't think you solve that by just emphasizing the test it seems like the underlying problem of these students just don't know enough to do well on the test is the issue well, and, and that's certainly, and, and we haven't spoken about the instructional piece of it as well, and, and you are correct on that. Um, what I was sharing with, with you certainly was a logistics issue and a, a follow, follow-up systemically, but, but you are correct on that as well as the instructional side of that. Um, <clears throat> when you look at an English exam, standards in the English courses um, they, they vary, but not significantly different from a freshman English to a sophomore English class. There's a lot of, of similarity there. So so you are correct on that, is why do we have some students who are learning those standards and some, some who are not? Um, and, 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 and that actually gets... No, and I was going to say, and, and the other thing that I'm kind of, what I'm really trying to struggle to understand is, why did Escambia County, so differently from the state, from Santa Rosa, from Okaloosa, have this issue that that's that's the piece of this that I'm I don't feel like I have yet can do you have an answer for that because that's that's the part that I'm particularly interested in and I mentioned and I don't know if it's relevant you're the one who would be stud- would know this better I was talking before we brought you on about the incredible disparity among the more urban high schools Washington uh, Pensacola Escambia and Pine Forest where the in Pine Forest not as much, but they're low overall to begin with. That the disparity between white and black graduation rates is enormous, like twenty points or more. Why Escambia uniquely had this big drop, and is there a dimension of this that has anything to do with the race of the students somehow? You you tell me. Well, and and I have not done an in depth. These rates came out last week. I have sure, not had fair. an opportunity to do a a thorough um, analysis on this, but I will tell you one of the greatest challenges that exists in public education today is the disparity between uh, economic groupings. And so what you're, what you're seeing is if you look at poverty rates, um, that's where I think we start to see some correlations. So where there's higher rates of poverty, uh, there, there tend to be a correlation of more struggling performance. And if you look at the, the poverty rates based off of free and reduced lunch rates uh, from one district to another, um, I think you'll, you'll, I would speculate we would see some patterns there. 
Uh, I took a pretty quick glance at that, looking at that angle, and I saw some of that. But again, I haven't had really enough time to dive deep into that. Um, and and that's one so. Of so our is the struggles. issue there? I mean, I'm, I'm just I'm trying to put together all the various things that I'm hearing from you. It's not black white per se. It's those as markers for economic conditions, which might in turn be markers for um, you know home conditions, support from parents, multiple or single parent families, but also. Remote learning was particularly hard on economically disadvantaged students, right? That was un- it was bad for everybody. It was uniquely bad for them. Is that right? Yes, yes, you are exactly right. And there, there, interestingly enough, there were pretty high. There was a pretty high percentage of uh, economically uh, struggling families who had students on the remote learning. So now, now, why that happened? That's a whole separate conversation, I'm sure, but. Um, but, but those factors will have impact, and so, and it's it's really it's one of our greatest struggles with education across the country is the different performances economically and that, that correlation, and that's been been one of our big struggles. So for us moving forward, what we need to do is we have to have instructional excellence every day. That's always a driver for us. But we also need to provide interventions, and um, often we need to create ways to have extra time for students who may have may be struggling with with classes. Um, and and trying, you, you know, when you think about it, you can have an advanced student who goes home and does a couple hours of homework. Um, and if you have a, a student who's not doing a couple hours of homework, you, you see time disparity that emerges there. And so, how can we create ways to to get some more time certainly complicated uh question there but it's it's those types of interventions that we we have to strive to to maximize and this is where you would talk about like after school programs you know uh educational mentoring tutoring programs at like community centers and things like that i i I assume as well but you also um and this came up in a previous uh, school board meeting you also are trying to focus more on just basic attendance rates which is a real problem in our county as well and we know that attendance, I mean, if you're missing your seven-hour school day and you're missing it a lot, that overall aggregates to a lot of missed instructional time, which will translate into school grades and graduation rates, right? That's right. And we get the reversed, uh, uh, the reverse effect when our students are missing uh, class. We get the exact opposite of what we want. Instead of extra time, we're getting less time. And right. So we've been running about 91% daily average rate of attendance throughout our district. We monitor that. Every school monitors that every week because we're trying to push that rate up. And so uh, we sometimes we see some glimpses. In, in late December, we went up to 92%, which was, it's not great, but it's a win going up a, a whole percent. And and we, we track that weekly. And we, the schools are trying different, different things to, you know, encourage student attendance. But it is it is gigantic. Uh, to have, when you think about that, 91%, that means at any given day, 9% of the students are not in school. I, it's, I know, that, it's a, that's, that's a, a terrible number. <laughs> it's an awful number, it unfortunately. It, 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 it absolutely is. And so that's a, uh, that's a great challenge that we have, and we have to, we have to turn that. So 
do do we again see a correlation and uh, you know the numbers better than I do, but do we again see a correlation there? I've looked at it, but I didn't necessarily see what I was hoping to find. Is there a correlation again there with attendance to economic disadvantaged students, you know, um, uh, free and reduced school lunch, for example, percentages? Do we see that? So so here's what um, I I saw last year. There was about a 5% difference in daily average rate of attendance between A and B schools and DNF schools. Mm. Our okay. DNF schools also hedge towards uh, higher uh, poverty rates. Okay. So I, I would say, yeah, yes, there's certainly a, a, a pattern there. Okay. All right. Well, so that's a much broader conversation then about what we need to do to serve those students. Um, but that, that I, so that that helps me a lot, and that gives me at least some understanding of what are some of the what's the shape of some of the challenges that we're up against. And and I appreciate that, um, Superintendent Smith. Uh, I had a bunch of other stuff I wanted to get to with you, but I knew this was the key thing we wanted to talk about. Again, thank you for taking some time to talk with me, even while you're kind of returning from vacation. Um, I always hate to interrupt people on vacation, but I appreciate it, especially since this just came out on Friday, and you, as you say, haven't had a chance to really look deeply into the numbers. Uh, but I look forward to having more conversations uh, about this in the future. And again, thank you for the time, sir. I appreciate it. Well, and, and Andrew, thank you. I appreciate the time and, and I appreciate your advocacy for our students and our, our schools. Thank you. I, that that is, is greatly appreciated.